Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Pancham Gupta from Mizos Capital. Welcome back, Pancham. So this is third time. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Rama, for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on your podcast. Sure, absolutely. And would you share a little bit more uh, about your recent, uh, you know, updates? Sure. Yeah, I, I remember last time I was on your podcast. It was uh, probably more than a year ago at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, so you know, a lot has happened in last one year. We, you know, we I, to start off from the kind of just give a twenty second overview. I'm a I'm an engineer, computer science engineer by background, and I did my master's in computer science. Went to uh, New York City, did uh, you know fourteen years in fintech, and so after that we started our multifamily career. And I quit my job. Um, you know, last year was our instrumental year for our business. We we had uh, you know over hundred million dollars worth of acquisitions. Uh, actually, more than hundred fifty, if I think of it. And uh, and you know all of that growth that came last year actually has has been serving us really well and you know so really excited to be in this space awesome and congratulations on that thanks thanks yeah and and what's your take on current interest rates and you know cap rates inflation supply and demand impacting on multifamily prices and rents yeah that's a very loaded question and let's break it down right so we are talking about everyone's talking about inflation right then we have in order to balance that at least fed thinks that if they raise it, they they raise the rates uh, you know they can control it uh, so rates are going up meaning the cost of capital is going up meaning the mortgage payment whether it's a single family house or you know depending on what kind of debt you have on your building that's going up and then uh, you know we have supply side issues supply and demand where there's not enough supply. So here's my take on it. Like we can individually discuss each one and then we can come back to it uh, together and see if it makes sense. So let's discuss supply and demand first, right? So because of the pandemic, there were, we know that there were supply chain issues and they're, they're not getting any better right now. I mean, yes, there are issues uh, with the supply chain that they got slightly better because after the pandemic, but it's still not getting any better. I was on a pod, I was listening to a podcast yesterday uh, by, uh, and by a guy who actually develops over a billion dollars worth of, you know, uh, construction that is going on right now in their portfolio and before in january they were thinking that you know what we will get everything that is you know that we have already in the ground that is actually in development that we will complete and also we will add um, you know basically double our pipeline to add a lot more development this year so that's what they wanted to do for this year that was january of this year it's april now and i was listening to the guy yesterday live um, and they said that instead forget the growth 
they are looking to see how they can actually complete the projects that they have going on. So that kind of tells you this is from a guy who who are building like billion dollar plus of uh, developments uh, just this year. So there is an issue with supply and all this supply that is building up that was in the ground last year, it's going to get completed, but more supply is kind of kind of dwindling because of all the supply chain issues. So, you know, because of this dynamic, there is a housing shortage in this country. Uh, what I think is going to happen is that uh, the demand side is not going to subside and uh, that is going to continue. And because of that, the rents are going to continue to increase. Uh, how much? Who knows? But I think they are going to continue continue to increase. What is going to happen is consolidation is going to happen in the household. So people who were not, uh, you know, who, who were living alone, for example, they will try to go into a roommate situation, right? And then people kids who were uh, living with their parents they will continue to live with their parents or their kids who you know moved out they will start doing the roommate so i think that's what's going to happen when as as this continue because of supply issues that we're discussing and also at the same time the house prices are not going down uh, anytime soon like at least they are already very high even if they, if we say that because of the rise of 30-year mortgage, the prices are going to go down. Uh, we can discuss that separately. But right now, as we speak, we it's not it's not going down um, uh, right away. And because of that, a lot of people are getting priced out even more because the cost of debt has going has gone up. Now that makes a case for renters even more so. So uh, to go back to the point of supply. The supply of these houses is, is low, and I think people are going to continue to rent uh, because they can't really afford this higher mortgage payment where the prices have non, not gone down significantly given the increase in the payment. So that's on the supply side. Let's discuss the inflation, right? So that's the big elephant in the room. And we all know that Fed said last last time the numbers came out was 8.5%. And, you know, I don't know about you, Rama, but I everything that I buy is a lot more higher than, it, uh, you know, 8.5%. Uh, I remember uh, going to a grocery store, getting one gallon, gallon of milk, which I get always. It used to be 5.99. About 14 days ago, it was 10.99. It was double. And uh, yeah, that might be that week's uh, pricing. I don't know. But the, everything that I'm buying has gone up significantly. So inflation, yes, the rates are getting higher. The Fed is trying to control it. But we, I'm not seeing that uh, on the ground. Yet it may take some time. So that kind of plays into the rents going higher and higher. Uh, so that's the second part. Now, third thing that you asked about uh, rates specifically going up, uh, which we just, which I touched on a little bit, but I think because of the rates going up so significantly, the house price is not going down in proportion significantly right away. They may go down, uh, but not right away. The 
the demand for housing, the new houses or the, you know, people who are in the market to buy these houses is definitely going to go down. I am seeing that already in the market where I live. I actually just put my house on sale because I'm moving out of New York. Uh, but here, uh, you know, we, the neighborhood I live in, I didn't see any slowness. Our house was pretty much sold uh, within one hour of the open house. And that's what we are seeing with every other house that comes on the market. And the place where I'm moving to, there I'm looking at houses. The house that would have gone within 24 hours is not selling right now. It's sitting on the market for a week. And I'm starting to see price decrease signals. Right. And now that is, you can say this is just very isolated incident of, you know, me personally looking. But if you look at broader data, depending on the markets, which are, which got really overheated over, over last, you know, 18 to months to two years, I feel those places, specifically, I'm talking about single family houses now. Uh, there, I feel that you will start to see some price declines because of the appreciation that has happened in the last 18 months is crazy. There are places like Tampa, for example, you know, the houses which sold right around pandemic for, uh, you know, 400,000, they've been listed for like 1.3, 1.4 million. That is <laughs> crazy, uh, certain parts of Tampa. So I would say like places like that uh, or, or, you know, mountain, mountain cities or the states where like, you know, the Utah and all these different places where the prices has gone up uh, crazy, I feel they will start to come down, but it will take a good six, eight, nine months. That's when what I can say about or I can think about, you know, the 30 year mortgage going up. So, you know, if you want to bring all these three points together, I would say the rents, at least in the short term, uh, six to 12 months, probably are not going to get any lower. Depending on the market, they may go much higher or they, if it is a tertiary market, they may go stale, meaning they are where they are. Uh, they may not increase. Uh, but as far as pricing of multifamily goes, you know, again, going back to the same example of single family. Yeah, the strong markets like the major MSAs like Tampa or Miami or Orlando or Raleigh or Charlotte in North Carolina, all these places may see a strong increase. Uh, so sorry, uh, they may not see the decrease. They may still, they may st stay stagnant or even increase in some cases. But I would say, that uh, they will always find a buyer who would go at the guidance price. Uh, same thing is happening in single family. Before there might be 40 buyers for the same house, but now it may be five, but they will find that one buyer who would pay that price. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, different perspective and also clubbing all three together. Uh, and other, other factor is like, you know, if inflation, because of inflation and rent increases, it will in impact, you know, affordability factor also, right? So how do you see that? Yeah, affordability is a big issue, right? So uh, me and my partner, we discuss this all the time. You know, what will happen when the consumer gets stretched so much where 
their price of gas is going up, their price of grocery is going up, their rent is going up. So if they are earning only so much, let's say their wage is not going up, which which I didn't discuss, but that is also going up uh, across the board. But let's say their wage is not getting increased at the same proportion where their expenses are going getting increased. If that particular consumer gets, you know, they are going to get squished, right? So at that point, I feel in the renter household, there would be um, potential of high, you know, you will start seeing some delinquency because put yourself in the renter's shoes and let's say they have rent on one side and then they have food on the other side. If they have to pay money for one thing, which, which one would you say they would pick? Obviously food, Yeah. right? So, you know, rent may come, maybe the last one in line, given they may pay for the gas because if they don't, they won't get to places. They may pay for the food because if they don't, they won't get to eat. So the rent would be the last thing. Oh, sorry, the last thing in their priority list on what they will actually pay. Yeah, got it. Yeah, thank you again. And uh, going back to your uh, earlier, you know, uh, information. So you you guys closed almost one fifty millions last year. So what factors help you to be, you know, help you closing 150 million size of deals? Yeah, no, I think uh, it's a question like what really in terms of capital or in terms of like how we were able to win the deals? Yeah, what, what, what like what are the you know, different factors or different variables help you to close that size of deals, right? Yeah, so I guess, you know, one side of, equation is the capital and the other side is the debt and finally then there is like actually winning the deals in the market when it's very competitive so i can touch on all three things i i would say that it was a perfect like blend of the you know environment and and you know um that we were able to do so much business on the capital side like we we've been in this for some time and we've been building our buying and selling these things and doing our business plan for some time so we had built some good uh reputation with our investors on actually performing on the deals and and giving them the returns and actually beating all the expectations that they had uh, that actually helped us on the capital side quite a bit and we we saw a huge influx of capital or people wanting to really invest that was one second you know debt was very easily available as you know the market had a lot of liquidity so that was an easy win. And then third was the actually winning the deals in the markets that we were we are in. And that part was very, very challenging. I must say, I would say, again, uh, you know, constant, uh, you know, like persistence was, the, if I have to think about one thing, I would say persistence is the thing that we, we just kept on doing what we were doing and uh, making sure that universe will make the things happen. And that's what happened. Yeah, totally agree on that. Like, you know, winning deals is uh, challenging in this environment, right? A lot of competition. Yeah, yeah. How do you see, like, you know, multifamily next one to five years, Pancham? One to five years. Um, that's a very long time frame. Given what happened last two years, the <laughs> prices pretty much doubled in some cases. Um, I, I would. Uh, it's hard to say, but I would tell you for next one year, I think multifamily is a very strong asset class still. Like we are still very 
uh, you know, uh, we are still active buyers in this market. But what we are doing is we are only buying in very strong markets, markets like Raleigh or Charlotte or Orlando, for example. We are not looking at any any tertiary markets, and and the reason being that the fundamentals of multifamily, why made uh, why multifamily was such a strong asset class when the pandemic hit, though all of those fundamentals have not changed. Yes, the debt markets have changed quite a bit, but the fundamental uh, fundamentals of uh, multifamily has not. So what we what we are really focused on is like really. Uh, value add deals in these uh, growing and and you know big MSAs. Yeah, thank you. So, would you share any any like challenging experiences last one year? Challenging experiences, you know, like it it feels like whenever you're, you know, there are many challenges that come uh, that you come across in all the deals that you do, right? So, uh, I can get share with you one example. Is that you know when when as a buyer when we are buyers we want to make sure that you know once we win a deal and you know we want to perform and make sure that we actually go through and do what we say that we are going to do and we actually go ahead and do it. That's really critical when you actually building your reputation in the marketplace. And if you don't do that, your reputation gets uh, tarnished and it becomes really hard to win deals, right? But then that's the mindset that we always had. But when you go on the seller side, like, you know, we're selling two buildings and what we are, what I noticed, right, was that when you're the sellers, I did not feel or get that same feeling from the buyers that we were dealing with. We had one deal which fell out of contract and there's something called hard money that was, you know, which means the money is non-refundable. There are certain carve-outs. Uh, we, you know, after a lot of back and forth without getting into uh, details, we were not able to keep the hard money um, in that scenario. And, uh, you know, I just felt uh, you, you asked for challenging experience. So it was a very challenging time there that, you know, even as a buyer, you you feel that you're always under the gun. But when you are a seller, you have the exact same feeling just differently. So, so that. That that's what you know. I would share. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. That's a great great example. And would you also share any you know great experience in the last one year? Great experience. Yeah. No. I think uh, great uh, from the experience point of view. Like we we were very happy that uh, you know all the deals that we did and the money that it needed to do all those deals. Like we were we absolutely had no issues raising that capital and we are really grateful for the investors who are putting their trust uh, in us uh, so i would say that side of things was pretty pretty good awesome yeah and in any one book that impacted your life in the last one year so uh, the book that i'm reading right now is the one i would say is is really an impactful book for me it's the it's called atomic habits uh I forgot the name of the author but if you go uh, james clear yeah yeah james clear right so that book is really good uh, definitely having an impact on me awesome and how can listeners can connect with you pancham yeah they can reach to me on uh you know i'm on linkedin facebook or uh, you know our website is uh, misoscapital.com and they can they can go there and and you know check us out 
Yep. Thank you, Panjam. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me, Rama, here again. And uh, best of luck. Sure. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next time.